What up? What up? How's everybody doing tonight? On tonight, we have Team Mudde. <clears throat> Mr. Costa, nice to see you. How's your weekend, Chris? You have a good weekend, bud? Trail Boss Brand, welcome. Oh, I worked all weekend. I just got off work. So it wasn't the best weekend, but what can you do? There he is, Team Muddy. All right, let's get him in here. Should do my uh, little intro. Welcome everybody to episode 9 of the Behind the Bars podcast and tonight's special guest is Team Muddy. Let's get him in here shall we? HP Off-Roads in the building. <clears throat> What up? What's good, man? Oh, you know, got off work. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking adjust myself. Oh, fucking split screen. How was your weekend, brother? Not too bad. I just got home from Florida yesterday morning. I'm just been relaxing. So before we get into the whole uh, the whole Florida trip, uh, let's start with your name, what you do for a living, and where you live, bud. My name's Jesse. Uh, I live in Hamilton, Ontario. I own and operate a construction company that I got passed down from my father, and uh, uh, yeah, just based in Hamilton. We do a bunch of riding around here. Yeah. So tell us about this uh, this Florida trip. I seen all the videos, and uh, that's something <laughs> I really want to do. So yeah, it's been this is the second year that uh, me and the group have been doing it. Uh, there's three of us in the team, and uh, we started. We went down last year for Hogwaller Turkey Bog, and we did it again this year. And uh, we go down. Last year was two weeks. This year we extended the trip a little bit, and we did a full month down there. So we did. Uh, we stayed at the Swamp Ranch with Colt Jean. We rode there. We went to uh, Hogwaller for Turkey Bog uh, for their uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and then we went back to the Swamp Ranch for another week. Then we went to Redneck Yacht Club in Punta Gorda, Florida for their Trucks Gone Wild event. And then back to the Swamp Ranch again for another week. And then drove home. So it sounds like you're living the fucking dream. <laughs> yeah. We we try to have fun and we we do it like once or twice a year and we uh try to make the best of it. But we we mostly ride around here, like, all year long. We uh, ride Skag up with Colin and all those boys up north in Lingham. And we got a – I have a cottage up in Bancroft, which is about, I'm going to say, two out, like, an hour north of where uh, Colin lives. We do some riding 
getting up there. And one of our uh, team members, uh, Wellsy95 on Instagram, he lives like right there in Marmer. So we do a bunch of riding up there too. And uh, the other team member, uh, Jesse Hood in 1997 on Instagram, he's our other member. And uh, he lives right down the road from me and he's been my best friend for a long time. And we ride around here like pretty much every weekend. And we'll go down to like Niagara and ride with the South of Six boys down there. And we'll ride anywhere pretty much. So who's all in the Team Mud A crew? Yourself and two others. Who are the other two guys? Uh, Wells E95, Luke Wells, and uh, Jesse Hood. Jesse Hood, 1997 on uh, on Instagram. So uh, do you have your own Instagram or is this kind of your Instagram? Uh, this is my Instagram and then... I don't have a personal Instagram. I just have one for the company. And it's, if you look in the bio, there's three of us. It's the other one is Gravel Holler 05. That's like my business account. But I don't have like a personal account myself. So what made you guys start like Team Muddy? So I was posting more of quad stuff on my business account. And then... One day, me and Jesse were just riding around locally, and we got into a few of the wobbly pops, and uh, it just came about that, uh, hey, let's just start like a, a group on Instagram and see where it goes. And so the next day, I jumped on Instagram and made an account and labeled it Team Mud A. Uh, to kind of go with Canada and kind of bring everything together. And then that's, we're going into our like fourth year now, I'd say. Fourth year of like being together as a group. Like it was just me and Jesse for, I'm going to say like a year and a half, almost two years. And then we were riding with uh, Wellesley a bunch of, skag area and riding with them a bunch and he was just by himself on instagram so i just approached him said hey do you want to be part of the team and so then we added the third one and then from there we picked and started picking up sponsors and then i was talking with colt for a couple years before and just kind of making a joke of hey i'm gonna come down there one day and i just said it to the boys one day hey let's load up and let's go down to florida so i bought a 30 foot enclosed trailer that i'm sitting in right now and uh i have a cummins turbo diesel pickup truck 3500 uh, dodge so we hooked up to the trailer and the three of us loaded up last year and we went down for two weeks and now we're doing it every year, pretty much basing it around their Thanksgiving weekend. No, that's fucking, yeah, you're living the fucking dream. And the team yeah. Monday name, I don't know how you came up with that, but that's fucking beauty. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was just kind of, we were just sitting on the trail one day and when we were drinking and I, we suggested of making a group, I was like, what should we name it? He was like, well, it's gotta be like, it's gotta start with team. And then I was like, well, how about, what about team mud? And then he kind of suggested the A part. And I was like, team mud, A, that that's perfect. It works. Yeah. And then it just kind of happened. So it's kind of like me and, Jesse, my best friend, he kind of helped me start it. And then also, like, Colt and my buddy CJ uh, that on Instagram he and YouTube, he's uh, Willie Make It Off-Road. And uh, they kind of suggested to me about making a group and then making an Instagram and into a YouTube and then TikTok videos and it's just kind of exploded from there. 
yeah, I just kind of live the life and kind of do it as a hobby and ride whenever we can. So do you guys have merchandise <laughs> yet? Uh, sort of. <clears throat> we did have like a bunch of t-shirts before we uh, sold out of them and now we're just kind of doing like merch by order. So if anyone wants them, they can approach us and ask for what size they want and we'll get them hats, t-shirts, sweaters, uh, pretty much anything really. Well, I'm approaching you now and I want all three. <laughs> okay. So like this, this is, this is our sweater. got the logo on the front and back yeah and then well this was our old logo before but we changed it but uh now it's just pretty much the new logo and whatever you want just let me know and i'll get it for you no i'll be talking to you after the podcast yeah figure something out sounds good so so, uh, what made you get into ATVing? Like, how long have you been doing this type of thing? Like, since you were a kid or something you picked up when you were older? Or? So, uh, my dad kind of has always been in the power sports thing. He was more into snowmobiles, but he, we always had an ATV around the house and all that. I, I remember when I was like, fuck, I can't remember. Maybe like five or six and I had an old Yamaha Moto 4. Uh, it was like a little 250 Yamaha with no suspension on it. But me and my buddies back in the day, we'd be riding locally around here. I didn't have, the thing didn't have any suspension. It was just solid bar, uh, solid bars. I was running off of air pressure uh, in the tires. Uh, for any suspension. I didn't have any snorkels, but I remember I'd be going across like rivers and things, but this thing was just floating on top of the water. And it had paddle rear tires that were factory back in the day. And that was probably when I was like five or six. And then I got out of it for a few years because I didn't really have anything that I wanted to ride because my dad, uh, like my family had a old Bombardier Traxster 500. It was the old walk-through seat, like grandpa style. Mm. And I did not want to get spotted anywhere on that thing. <laughs> so I was like, nope, that thing can be parked in the back of the bush. I don't care. I'm not riding that thing. So I didn't ride for... Uh, probably four or five years and then just randomly I was uh, just went out and bought an old it was a 2007 Can-Am Outlander uh, like Gen 1 and I ran a bone stock I bought it with a router relocate already snorkeled but I ran it on like bone stock tires and everything for probably that summer that I bought it. Then over the winter, I bought uh, a set of 31-inch Moto Havocs from Max, and then I got custom-made crust locks from a guy down in Florida that were steel. I don't like crust locks. <laughs> found, found out exactly like you. I built yeah. the bike, took it up to Lingham, did Actually, it was the same field that you got a video of in that uh, Dilly wiped out yeah. on when he went over. It was that exact field. I remember I went out and I probably got, I'm going to say, maybe a couple hundred feet off the hard and that thing just sank down, <laughs> buried. I told myself, well, the rest of the day, it was, uh, I was on a winch cable the rest of that day. Yep. <laughs> Ripped off those crush locks, sold them to, well, actually, I kept them for a while, and then I uh, put on just aired uh, assassinators on bead locks, and then I sold that bike, 
and I got this 2020 Renegade that's uh, behind me. And it was pretty much bone stock other than the C-Fab Raspberry Locate that's on there. And it, it was all Manta Green, like bone stock 2020, other than front and rear bumper. <laughs> I rode it like that for about two weeks, and then I started upgrading it. I put Assassinators on it. I put full STM clutches on it and all that jazz and and now I put a full wrap on it, powder coated it and everything. No, you're you were just like me. I I wasn't home a week before I had those crush locks on marketplace and yeah. got rid of the fucking thing. Uh, like just, these ain't the move. No. <laughs> they're for skags they're not they're not the thing. They're built for like oval track like pit racing or straight drag pit racing that's it they're meant for like sinking uh, down for like the hard pack and just going and then skag there's there's no bottom you can't even crawl with them i was trying to like no. walk beside no. my bike and crawl out of the skag field and she would just sink i'm yeah. like what the fuck am i doing here <laughs> yeah they're uh they're not skag's friend <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I ran that Outlander for, I'm going to say, probably, like, three years. And then I over the no-power steering, and it was just an 800R. So I was lacking power, and I seen all the boys out in the skag field, like Fleeter and Project Vengeance and Call and XM Army and... I'm going to say it, but uh, BVS on his uh, sportsman and my old Outlander Gen 1, no power steering. I'm out there, like, working my bag off. And those guys with power steering are laughing and having a grand old time. And I'm sweating there, sitting there sweating my bag off and working my ass off trying to go where they're going. And so I sold that and I upgraded to the, the new 1000 with power steering. And then it, it's a huge difference. And I'm probably never going to go back to like no power steering bike. Going from the Outlander to the Renegade, even though you didn't have power steering and shit, did you find the Renegade is a lot? more suited for you because that's what I'm going to go to even though I built this fucking POS back here but <laughs> I feel like when this is paid off in a year I'm just going to go Renegade yeah so the Renegade over an Outlander I do love the Renegade a lot more because it's more of a I'm, I'm just going to put this out like an outlander to me feels like uh like driving a hearst or like uh like a land yacht of like a cadillac yeah. uh like boat and then a renegade is like uh like a lamborghini sports car or like a ferrari they're just huge difference like yeah an outlander you stay a lot cleaner on than a renegade but the power and light, uh, the weight difference to like an Outlander, it's it's huge. Probably some people in the in the chat will probably be bitching at me about that. But oh no, you can't even bitch because it's it's literally a boat. Like when I got stuck at yeah. Skagtober, I mean I ripped I ripped Brandon's front bumper off his fucking Polaris with him trying to pull me out. Like. It, Whenever yeah. I got stuck, it was usually two people hooked onto me trying to get me out because, especially with these S3 Power Sports arms, or like triple the weight from factory. It, the thing's just a boat. Like it, oh, once you're yeah. stuck, oh my fuck. Yeah, and uh, like a lot of guys, you can get on a Renegade once you're in the skeg. Like after I put the wrap on, I don't have a back rack right now because I'm gonna get a different one. I was running the Lucky Seven all last year and the year before, 
But on a renegade, if you sink down and you're quick enough to stop and skeg, you can grab onto that back rack and just like burp the throttle out. And with a renegade, on a renegade, she 95% of the time, she'll walk right out. On an outlander, because there's a lot of weight difference, you can do the exact same thing, but the outlander will just sit there and spin and dig yourself down more, and then you're on a winch cable. <laughs> like, I, I can't say much. I've been on a winch cable a lot up in Lingham, but that's because... I'll be going across the skag field and I'll sink down and I know the cameras are rolling. So I'll just <laughs> sit there and bounce my bike off limiter and just throw rooster tails off all four tires. And I know the camera's rolling. So then I'm sit there buried and I'll just shut my bike off, walk away from it and have a couple of beverages and when someone else gets stuck close to me, I'll just walk back out there and we'll just work together and winch the two bikes out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, there is, like, I do notice a huge difference from Ryan and Outlander to a Renegade. And where were you, uh, Skagtober? I remember you, I remember you told me where you were. Weren't you at the, uh, that ATV show or something like that? Yeah, it was at the Toronto Power Sport. Our Toronto ATV and Snowmobile Power Sports show. I had a big booth there. I would have loved to come to Skagtober, and I've been there every other year. And this year, I got the opportunity to have a booth in there and just get the name out a little bit more. So I took that opportunity, and they gave me the booth for free. So I couldn't pass it up. And oh hell no! We got a lot of. <laughs> We got her name out there a lot, and uh, it was it was kind of a boring weekend because it was just four days of sitting there in the booth, handing stickers out, and watching people take pictures of all our stuff. And but uh, uh, it was it was worth it. But uh, like we've been there at every other Skagtober before. And, um, my thought was the skag needs a little bit of a break, so we'll we'll keep three bikes off the skag from the three hundred that were ripping it up. <laughs> yeah, that that field is that's done for a year too. Oh, <laughs> There's yeah. no going back. The, that Lingham was so wet. <laughs> kind of hurting. Uh, we definitely need to find some new skag around or adventure off of the already beaten path of Lingham and find some new field. The first field's still in good shape because it was so wet that nobody really wanted to go in it. But yeah. oh, yeah. it was uh, Langham's hit or miss for their fields. It's either there will be some really good fields that are dry and uh, you can ride, like not dry but moist, and you can still get a decent few rips out of. And then there will be other ones that are just completely submerged in water and everyone's like no i ain't going in there <laughs> and yeah like i think m my favorite part of lingham of riding there would probably be like mid-august because it's you can still get like a lot of wet fields but you s get a lot of like the dry really skag fields that you can actually turn up in and get some good footage in and stuff like that no i think that's when i'm gonna come next year is like dead of summer so that everything is kind of dry and actually have a good skag experience because that was not a good first skag experience yeah. and i will not be bringing crush locks with me <laughs> yeah october is definitely our wet season for lingham and Definitely with you with crush locks for your first first experience was probably not the weekend to come with Skagtober. And I didn't even think about it. Like, it, it didn't even cross my mind. I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Like, I had so many friends that would lend me their 
32s on bead locks and shit like that. Yeah. But no, I didn't didn't bring any. I would have been better off with fucking cryptids or yeah, like mega mayhems or something. Literally something with some air pressure in there. <laughs> something with some surface oh. area. <laughs> yeah. So what do you got done to that thing sitting behind you? Anyways, I I haven't. I don't know anything about what you got behind you and. I don't know if anybody else does, but uh, unless you want to keep it a secret. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, so it's a 20 Renegade uh, XMR 1000. Uh, I got STM 3RS primary with an STM secondary. I'm running uh, Gates Redline Belt, uh, Dino Jet PV3 tuner. Uh, and I got 32 inch assassinators that are cut scoop and, uh, the guys down south call it a hater cut because it goes all the way down to the bead. So when I got them cut, they started at 79 pounds and they now that's 79 pounds tire and rim. And after they were cut, they weigh 59 pounds per tire and rim. Holy shit. And uh, they were cut by Dan Bennett, which is, he's just started his new page, which is uh, Canadian Custom Cuts or something mm. like that. I can't remember offhand. But uh, it's Dan Bennett. Uh, he did a pretty good job. Um, and then the other set of tires I run on it is uh 33 aztec on 18 inch fuel rim (coughs) (coughs) i have uh rjwc shorty single pipe and that's about it other than like bar risers and gas cap and shifter knob yeah but yeah that's about it She's sitting stock height, other than like cranked up suspension and uh, FTP floorboards. And you haven't touched the motor or anything like that yet? No. Do you plan on doing that or you just like it the way it is? So I'm probably not going to touch this motor. I have, uh, I have a, another 1000 motor and I might send that off and get it fully built, but still kind of on the fence about that i kind of i don't know i like the big power but i don't like messing around with the motor and all that shit like what fleeter has done and all those boys yeah trying to keep up with fleeter is a hard task yeah (laughs) like i'm not really out there for like going fast and all that shit like my bike does really well for what I needed to do. It performs fantastic in the skag, and uh, I love to do like dry wheelies. So uh, I'm pretty much every ride I'm out there just trying to perform wheelies better. Uh, like I'm pretty much at the point that I'm like crawling along at like two kilometers an hour and doing hand drags and stuff like that. But, uh, it's, that's pretty much all I go for is now is just wheelies and skag. And I mess around in the deep water. Like when we go south, oh, there's my buddy, CJ, Willie make it off road. But, uh, yeah, once we go south, it's like, I'm just, like at Hogwaller, for example, like on RPM Alley, the famous RPM Alley that everyone knows. I'm just out there doing wheelies down the straight stretch and then playing around in the deep water. Uh, And then uh, this year, my uh, Jesse Hood couldn't come down for the full trip. So it was just me and Wellesley down there at Hogwaller. And uh, the full strip from Gator Hole to Tiger Hole, it's usually meant for, like, big, huge buggies on, like, 
46s or King Boss Squad on his 63s floating across those holes. Well, there's the two lonely Canadian boys on an Outlander and a Renegade crossing Gator Hole right up to Tiger Hole, hitting every single hole. And pretty much I was dash deep the whole way across on the Renegade. And I was shitting bricks, but <laughs> we're there for a good time. If I swamp my bike, I don't really care. It'd be the third time that bike has been swamped. See that that's one thing I can't I can't do. I, I fucking hate going deep. <laughs> Even though my snorkels are six feet high, if yeah. I get to the bottom of them, I, I kinda just I don't know, I I just fuck because it's an outlander, it's so heavy like it's yeah. you hit a bad spot and you're going down. There's no fucking jumping off it and floating it. It's 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 going down. <laughs> it's a submarine. <laughs> and uh my buddy Luke he's got <laughs> an outlander but he's got uh like uh we built them last year at the swamp ranch and they're pretty much the exact same snorkels as what cold gene has on his outlander so uh we built the exact same on wellsy's bike and i'd say standing beside the bike they're probably like five five to the top of them and at one point, crossing one of the holes in between Gator Hole and Tiger Hole, I'm watching Luke in front of me, and he's going across in the water wheelie, and then all of a sudden hits like a weird rut, and the bike's pretty much sideways, and that snorkel was like that far from going under, and all you see is him underwater pushing the bike back straight and crawling out of the hole. And then he looks at me and waves me through. And I'm like, look that. And then I eventually watched a buggy cross. And I found like a smoother way across. And I crossed that. Hmm. So I'm five. I'm like five seven. Yeah. And they're taller than me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I have a lot of room for error, but I don't like getting close to that error point. You'd, you'd be fine in that gator hole. You just have to keep it like 12 o'clock or like 1130. Well, I want to get good at the hand drags like you do. Like my first ever one-handed wheelie was today when I made that video of me giving the finger while I was wheeling. And I, yeah. I really want to – it's hard to keep it slow. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I don't, I don't have – rear brakes i've never had rear brakes i just don't bother changing the fucking things so it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of difficult to more rear brakes than i do front brakes yeah because you can actually control your yeah. tilt and everything with that rear brake whereas i just fucking i have to use the throttle and try to maintain it but yeah it it took me a while and a lot of a lot of like plants straight 12 o'clock or like me getting to that point and kind of sketching out and just letting off and coming back down. But I've just kind of got to the point that as soon as it comes up, like what you did in that video that you did today, that I just tap like the rear brakes once to slow me down. But then I'm just using my throttle and just working my throttle and just like kind of walking along and then I just because I'm usually when I'm one-handed I'm just using my hand uh, like my throttle hand and I got my foot jammed underneath my brake like my foot pedal and underneath my clutch box and that's what like holds me but it's yeah. pretty much just finding your balance point on the bike oh it's just practice practice makes perfect yeah <laughs> but I definitely cheat because I have this thing. Fuck. <laughs> right. Don't mind that stock exhaust. <laughs> I have I have this thing. It's a big fucking bar. So I can't. I can never go ass over tea kettle. So I can gun that thing right. That's like eight thousand RPM, and I can I can just drag that, that back thing, and I just I stay like that. <laughs> 
So I got a tiger tail in the back of my bike in the hitch. And that's once I get at like 12 o'clock, I'm pretty much dragging that. Like when I'm doing my hand drags, it's pretty much just dragging the tiger tail along the ground. But I've noticed having a hitch in my bike also helps me when the bike stands straight 12. Because then it's... It's not like sitting right on my exhaust because I'm just center port right out the back bumper on our, like on mine. So like when I stick my bike straight 12 o'clock, it doesn't stuff my exhaust and shut it off. Yeah. <laughs> so did you, did, you, did you go right to the scooped assassinators or did you try them normally first? No, I tried them, uh, I tried them normally first. So is it well worth the money to get them scooped and grooved and shit like that? 100%. 100%. So I want to do that with 34s, but the only problem with an Outlander with 34s, you have to rip out your headlights. Yeah. So I don't really want to do that because I want to get neutrinos. So I might, I might just stick to a 32 on beadlocks with – I want to get them cut by D's cuts. Oh, uh, yeah. Brandon just got his done yeah. by him, and holy shit, did they look good. Oh yeah, he's he is clean. And I I've met him once when we went down south and he's a super nice guy, super chill, and he does fantastic work. Oh, like Brandon sent me pictures and it was like I don't know how they do it, but holy shit was it ever clean. Like every cut, like Oh yeah. Just one guy. That's all it is. It's just one guy that does it by himself in a garage. Well, that must be like his full-time job because he does yeah. all like he does a lot of the bounty hole bikes down yeah. there. All and... he does is bounty hole bikes. He does all the like uh, tr uh, like all the race trucks down there. All the swamp buggies. He does quad tires, side by side tires. He does everything, and that's all he does. Is just cut tires. I only wanted to do 34s because that is the biggest tire you can run in small tire bounty Yeah, is a 34. And I was talking to Super ATV, and the goal is to go down on North Carolina, South Carolina. Some I got to wait till their event list comes out for 2023. But, like, my dream is to enter a small tire bounty at one of those events. So I was – I'm kind of building this thing to be able to compete. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm doing the nitrous and the fully built motor and shit like that. Like, I want to, like, come on. That'd be fucking sweet. Oh. Like, you pull up to that starting line and they oh. announce your name and shit. And, like, just, I don't know, some fucking white boy, country boy from Canada comes down and maybe takes home the win. That'd be, that'd be fucking yeah. awesome. Big money down there, man. That's what I'm saying. And I wouldn't even care about the money. It would just be, like... I grew up watching that shit. Like that's that's what I watch is those bounty hole videos and like, yeah. From like one guy, one guy a renegade. He always wins because he has so much fucking nitrous. He doesn't even touch the like. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's AJ with the renegade. I don't know. He always wears like uh, just shorts, no shirt, no yeah. shoes. He just hits the nitrous and he skips over it and he wins it's oh. like holy fuck <laughs> oh, yeah. i wanna that's my plan to probably go to a couple of those events next year but i want to also go to like what we talked about i want to go to uh bushville beach for mud bash next year like that would be insane like i've seen all of like braden price's videos of him going there and it, it's just it's, it's fucking nuts party it is a party. Like, like why, why doesn't Canada do anything? Why don't we have anything like that down here? Like, we're just as big as U.S. pretty much. Like, why the fuck don't we have shit like that? We, we don't got shit around here. I'd say the only one not even remotely close to anything that the states, like what I've seen, like Hogwaller or RYC, like there's North Augusta, but it doesn't compare to like anything the states have like they try to make it seem like it's somewhat down south but man like 
Hogwaller, for example. There's for Turkey Bog. It's 24-hour riding. It's over a thousand acres of ATV and side-by-side trails, and people party lit like all night, all day long, all throughout those thousand acres. Like you can be riding through all this bush and just come up to this like giant concert that's just pretty much thing but it's just like anywhere from like 10 side by sides and quads to like over a hundred just surrounding this hole and just people playing music and just partying uh and then there's like truck racing there's uh like there's food right on site there's a general store there's park places all that like right out of hogwaller and then there's ryc which is just like a giant party area it's 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 pretty intense which are like redneck yacht club and like it's not so much of a riding park it's more of like a party park but yeah. there is like a lot of riding there but not anything towards like what like hogwaller or bushko beach or any of those like major parks down there but like like i wish we had shit up yeah. here It'd be- it's weird we don't even have like one actual atv park no, no we don't and- and like it would it would be booming if you put one in like Ontario or something like that it'd be booming every weekend like oh hell yeah it would be why the fuck are we so like far behind the times in that community like I'd say the only like there is North Augusta which is in like out towards Ottawa but they're not open every single weekend and then the only other thing is like way out towards like <clears throat> I think it's like FRCC or something like that. Yeah, I've seen some of his videos, but that's not even that's not even a park either. Like these guys have full on parks with like different holes everywhere and like oh, yeah. it's literally acres and acres of mud hole after mud hole. Like you wouldn't need to fucking go anywhere else. <laughs> like Hogwaller, like man, you can I've been there two years in a row. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have not seen probably, I'm going to say like a, uh, probably like a quarter of that park I have not explored yet. But like, it's huge. It's like, uh, like we go for Turkey Bog every year. It's a four day event from Thursday to Sunday and 24 hour riding and i had uh uh like the quad down there and my buggy and luke had his quad down there and i explored and rode all four days that we were there and i still got lost around there at night. <laughs> and like i'd turn a corner and i'd be like where the hell am i and i'd cross this hole and i'd be like yep that was a completely new hole because then i'd find a whole nother trail and i'd turn down there and it's that's how big this park is down there and that's how big parks are down there like you can get lost down there it's crazy so do you plan on actually doing the may long run out to asta yeah yeah Hundred percent. Well, we need to. I know I'm not Team Mudda, but I'd love to fucking roll with you guys, me and Diesel Dilly, because we already have it off work. We have it all fucking. We have it all planned out pretty much. Not like where we're stopping and shit, but I yeah. mean that'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be awesome. And what I've been talking a little bit with Fleeter and a little bit with a couple of the other guys. And I've obviously been talking with the guys in the team. And Luke uh, usually is thinking he probably can't come because he 
only takes time off for our Florida trip for work. So he's out. But I'm thinking, uh, but Jesse, my other buddy uh, in the team, he's for sure coming. So that leaves like one space in my trailer that like one of the south of six boys or someone can load up in here with me. And then I'm going to hook up to the trailer with my, I have a 42 foot diesel pusher RV that I'll be taking out west with us. So that's what I'll be rolling in. So it would be cool just to fucking, I don't know, stop at the, all the hotels we stop at together when we stop yeah. and just make it, make it a full, like, week party fucking trip. Like, because me, me and Dilly have 48 hours each way. Yeah. Yeah, and then my plan is once we get out there, because I've already been talking with Dave, like, Austin Cruiser, and he's, like, over an hour to the closest hotel where he lives now. So my plan is why I'm taking the bus is because then I can just set up camp right at his place. And then, like, if, like, anyone wants to bring tents or anything, he said he, uh, they're welcome to set up tents around his place or sleep inside the shop or whatever. Oh, he was great. He was, like, because uh, I was talking to him, and he said even if we bring our wives, he's like, we'll throw them in the fucking, in the sherp, and they can drink all day and, and watch watch you guys playing mud, but they couldn't get it off work, so it's just me and Diesel Dilly now, so we'll just fucking... We'll sleep in the truck at his place or we'll pitch a tent depending how fucking cold it is. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that even work. even when you guys go the next time you guys are going down the United States way, let me know. Because I wanna I wanna roll out with if one of your boys can't make it if you do more than one trip next year, yeah. I'll meet you in Ontario because I love the whole it's the only way you're gonna get your fucking name out there. It's the only way you're gonna experience and like live your life is if you leave your current area like and i fuck i want to go down there so bad <laughs> it's it's a completely different world down there man like it's it's hard to explain the world that's down there that's different than up here and like everyone down there in the atv world or community that's down there everyone that we've met literally open us Canadians as with open arms and they want to hang out with us and they want us to come back and this being our second year at Hogwaller I had so many people come up to me and I'm sorry if some of them are in this chat right now I did not remember them for the life of me when they walked up to me but they remembered me like, it was yesterday that we were there, and that was awesome to have that. Oh, it's, just, it's the same thing as when I went down to Skag to over. Like, the amount of people that came up to me at the Skag field, yeah. I don't remember their names. And it was just, like, hanging out with Colin and the SO6 boys. Like, they treated me and Dilly like family, even though we're all still Canadian. It was still 18 hours away for us. It was exactly. it was like we were home, but in a completely different province. It was, it was fucking yeah. unreal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll be talking after this, and uh, yeah, let's 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 try to get something planned out. Cause I doubt Dilly will come, but no, I I want to go either to some type of bounty hole event, or like you said, like Busco Beach, or even the Turkey Bog. We could plan for, and I'll I'll come up and. There's no room for me in the trailer. I'll take my own truck. I'll just have my truck in the back of, I mean, my bike in the back of the truck. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely figure something out, man. Yeah, like, Turkey Bog is, is a blast, but there's also other events that they, like, big events at Hogwaller, too. Like, they got, uh, well, the biggest event at Hogwaller is Super Bog, and that's, like, right around, like, Super Bowl weekend. But then their second biggest event is Turkey Bog. But then they also have like New Year's events and middle of the, like Fourth of the Fourth of July weekend and all that. Oh, I imagine that would be a big one, Fourth of July. Oh yeah. But then like Bushco Beach, like I want to go there for my bash. And 
When is that at? What month is uh, the Busco Beach one? Uh, I think it's somewhere in like May or no. I can't remember offhand. I hope it's a little later than May because I can't do two big trips in May. <laughs> That's too much fucking driving. Research on the Busco Beach one or Busco Beach, but I think it's. I know it's earlier in the year than like my trip. Uh, like what we just did, and uh, but yeah, I'll I'll definitely let you know whatever I find out. Yeah, because I'd be good for like July, August, September, October, just because May long is the end of May, so yeah. we wouldn't be getting back till almost June, anyways, right? Like pretty much end of May. So yeah, I'd be good for like end of June, July, August, something like that. Yeah, I'll definitely find out and I'll just uh, let you know. I'll be a, a temporary fucking Team Mud A member. <laughs> that sounds good. Fucking spray paint the green monster fucking red. <laughs> yeah. Get the old rattle can out. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, uh, I hate to cut this podcast short, but I got to go have supper with the family. Is there anybody that you want to... Shout out before we uh, call her quits. Uh, uh, no, no, I think I'm good. Just team Mud A. Uh, team Mud A, hundred percent. And I'll be, uh, I'll message you right after the podcast because I need some uh, Team Mud A gear. I want to rep you guys down this way. Sounds good, man. And I'll just give a shout out to Team Mud A. Thank you very much for coming on this podcast. I appreciate it. I know I'm not big yet, but we're going to keep this shit rolling, and uh, I'll have you back on here for part two. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. No, no worries. All right, everyone. That was episode nine of the Behind the Bars podcast with Team Muddy. Have a good night, man. Thank you very much for coming on. Peace.